Good afternoon. You're very welcome to Scariff Bay Community Radio and Local Media This Week, the programme where we have a look at the local print media, the Clare Champion, the Clare Echo and the Clare Herald, which is an online publication. And uh, we encourage you to uh, very much to support the print media here in County Clare. Uh, our sponsor today is Ruth Griffin Photography, Ruth from Fecal, and uh, we're delighted to have her sponsorship here on this programme, Local Media, this week. Uh, our panel today, our usual, most of them are our regular panel, uh, not usual, most unusual people, but uh, regular. John S. Kelly. John, good afternoon to Good you. afternoon to James. And Pat O'Brien. Pat, you're welcome again. Good afternoon, Jim. And uh, David can't be with us today, so uh, off the bench again comes Luke Fleming. Luke, you're good to see you. Thanks, Jim. So now, looking at the uh, papers today, I suppose we'll start at the front uh, of the uh, of both papers on the Clare Echo. Ukrainians in limbo with accommodation deals to cease. And of course, the, the underlying thing is that uh, many Ukrainians, and we have... But we have 78,000 in the country and four, almost 4,500 living in Clare. And their accommodation, I suppose the contract contracts with the accommodation providers are coming for renewal here and there. And many want to have their accommodation sorted so that they can perhaps take in tourists for, Christmas or for summer. Mm-hmm. So um, the Ukrainians, it says, are a bit in limbo, John. Yeah, indeed. And Jim, uh, think of the uh, fear of being uh, shifted from from the whatever accommodation they're in at the moment, uh, shifted to another part of the county, to another part of the country. Mm. Isn't that right? Now, you know how difficult it has been for the younger members of families of refugees, mm. uh, children in primary school, and how difficult it was for them, despite the tremendous warmth and welcome which they got from our Irish, mm. our Irish schools. Okay. And you'll remember, John, from your own teaching days that uh, when a, a family has to move into your school, yeah. uh, the setting down period can take Absolutely. quite some time. And then to find it's whipped from under you like a rug. Okay. It's now the editorial. Will, will, yeah, there's an editorial in the Clare Champion. There is. And it's, it's an interesting, uh, the title of the editorial is Housing the, Housing the Homeless. Um, and just to read uh, a short paragraph, it's going to happen, and in fact it's been happening for years. Now it's not a secret that the level of properties, both available for rent and available for those on housing lists, isn't sufficient for the volume of people looking for a roof over their heads. And the editorial goes on then, in the latter end of it. In the, in the media, in the long term, we know that we need to build more houses, more local authority houses, more high-density residential, and allow the building of more one-off private housing. That's the editorial's philosophy on this. In the, me- in the me- medium term, we need to make sure that all of the obstacles to the long-term goals are removed for at least or at least streamlined. But the short term is where we really need to take immediate action. And in the final part of the editorial, he says again, it's been mentioned here before, but now more than ever, we need to look at modular. That's the word now is beginning to make itself felt. 
and short-term housing units which would ease the pressure on people and families in dire need of a home. This option isn't new, but as yet it's ignored. Why are we ignoring the choice of the modular units? Now, modular, I take it to mean that they're prefabricated. Yeah, but... And they come and they... they oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're very together. That's right. So as, how do you think you, about them? I see a company in Wexford and they'll, they'll put up a modular house in a week. Why are we actually running away from... Now, we were talking about this, I mean, not us here, but we, as a country, we've been talking for at least 10 years that we need to build more houses. Mm. Right. Uh, to, to house our... 10,000 or whatever it is yeah. that are um, homeless. And why didn't we build them? I don't know. I don't know. Do you know, Pat? Well, it's just, you, you, don't, you don't have enough people to build them at the present time. Councils got out of, well, it, obviously, like when once the councils, county councils got out of the whole business of building, you know, ours itself, which it did. Mm. Why, why did that happen? It's a political decision. Correct. Yeah. It, like everything else, it all had to be done through Dublin, mm. through one department. So, Luke, would you go for a, mod, a, a modular approach now? For the You see, the editorial is focusing on the long term, the medium term and the immediate. Well, John, I may not be the ideal person to talk to because I live in a modular house that arrived on the back of a truck. Tell us more about that, Luke. Well, I won't go too Without much into it. Yeah, I won't go too much into it, but basically... Uh, it's not called a modular house, is it? Well, you can call it what you want. I know, because the modular now... Like, it arrived on, it arrived on the back of a truck. Two trucks. Yeah. And the mainframe was up in two days. So from the day you actually got from, planning... planning from, from the day that the foundation was poured till the day I moved into it was less than six months. Six months? Less than six months. No. So no, Jim, there is no reason why it could be done in. I would, I'd be optimistic and say it could be done in four if you had all your ducks lined up in a row. Yeah. And, and if you were in, if you were building a housing estate, yeah, you would have your plumbers and electricians, you know, lined yeah, up. Yeah, so yeah. to be a bit like you, you'd uh, go up and do it. I, I, that's why, uh, I, you know, I'm a, pe- a pessimistic skeptic at the best of times, John. But uh, with regards to the housing situation. Uh, my thoughts on it are that there are significant lobbying groups that aren't in favour of modular housing. Okay. And I think that they have a very strong influence on certain matters. Mm. And presumably oh. they'd be involved in the construction industry. Correct. Mm. Yeah. How do you feel about that, what uh, Lucas said there, Jim? Well, I mean, the, the thing is, if we have 10,000 people, X number of families, yeah. with maybe three to 4,000 children all at the moment homeless, living in hotels or living whatever. Yeah. Um, and we have a way of building houses yeah. or putting houses together, be it modular or whatever, then I, I wonder why... It's like it, we've been talking for the last 10 years about it. Yeah. yeah. But your concept of what a modular house is, you're probably thinking about what a prefab was. And, John, you said you've had dealings with prefabs who yeah. say through school yeah. and stuff like yeah. that over the years. And I said I've had dealings with... Pre- I spent four years in uh, third-level education in a prefab. In a prefab. And I said I had an electric radiator beside me, so I was probably about the only one in the room <laughs> that wasn't actually cold. Yeah, But yeah. we say, if you think about it and you say 
that the levels that are there at the minute, if you have a modular design, it is designed on a proper computer and it is designed down to the last millimeter. Yeah, well, so why right? are we constantly... And, and, and you say, yeah, it, so it works. Yeah. And he said it is more accurate than, we'll say, if you have somebody laying blocks and oh, they yeah. might be, you know, put a bit too much cement here, a bit too much, you know, mm-hmm. or do, do something wrong there. You need it's to... It's a quicker way of... Building houses. Oh, it's an immediate. It's, yeah. it's 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 it would be classified as one of the immediate mm. uh, solutions. For it's not that it becomes your policy long term, but it there'd be nothing wrong with it becoming your policy indeed, long term. Indeed, because I said yeah. you have less, you have less waste. Yeah, the same blocks, same timber. You have more of. Um, they can come in sections and they're, sections. they're um, you know, because they're designed properly, you've no drafts. So, so they're, they're easier to take. Because this country, does, this country doesn't do planning of any description. And all you sort of get, you hear this thing, it's a little bit like, oh, modular housing. People don't know, they're talking through their hoop yeah. when you're talking about it. Go and see it. Mm-hmm. It does. It looks as if. Sorry, go on. No, you you want so um, seventy. The seventy goes to states in Ireland, and a lot of not finished. Oh, I see an article on the paper recently. Where there was a a, a ghost estate in Carlo. What's a ghost estate? It's a state that was built in the in the Celtic Tiger times. Yeah. And the houses are finished out. Windows, doors, everything is finished out. No, the, the gardens and all around aren't finished. But the houses are there. There's sixty-seven houses in it. Why can't, uh, like somebody owns all those houses, they're, they're in different parts of the country. I was talking to my sister-in-law, I was, I was saying there before we went on air, down in, in, in Cork, and she said there was a, a lot of them up in the back of our house. All the houses are finished, they're there, they're there, windows, doors, everything's in them, yeah. except the finish, maybe uh, uh, some finishing to do on them. And uh, I can't understand, somebody owns them. Like, and I, I wonder, would they be still tied up in legal quagmire? Yeah, why can't I mean, the they would have been in the early stages. I'd say insurance could be a factor, Jim. But why it, can't it, government move in and, and say, look, we, 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 we want to get these things off the Government road. doesn't build, you see. But there should be, there should be somebody, sure, somebody has to do that. The Minister Ryan, indeed the, the Minister for... for yeah. um, mm-hmm. For uh, local government, you yeah. could argue, John. Fifteen years ago, did we ever think there'd be another housing estate built in the country because of the bust? And we probably said, no, there won't be a housing estate built for ten years. So what did we do? We wound up demolishing estates that were half built. Yeah. Mm. Now, mm. you are you have the whole issue with regards to regulation of the planning, uh, the build, the construction sector, and this is some of the issues that I referred to earlier, where you had a lot of houses were built, and you can sort of see the issues that are arising with them. Uh, you know, over the last number of years, and I'm not I'm not just talking about pirate. I'm talking about various other issues. You look at Priory Hall. There's a, a other mm. developments that have been built around the place that they were just being slapped up mm. with no thoughts or proper regulation. No going proper on. regulation from and the no government. oversight. No oversight. No, no, correct. No, yeah. 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 So and yeah. it appeals that there's still no oversight even on on, on pirate. I, I asked an engineer recently who was who was working with a big with a big uh, firm. Yeah. And I said to him. Uh, can, is there anybody now is it going into the, the quarries and checking on, on, on the pie right um, and content yeah. and that oh no he said it is all, it is all uh, self-regulation that's mm. what he said to me he said there's, yeah. no, there's nobody doing it still doing it he said just self-regulation yes. so we've seen what self-regulation has do. done yeah, yeah. so mm. c- c- could I just say Jim that look at you and I were walking down the street in Scarf yesterday afternoon okay and you remember the person who we, who, that we yes. came over to us, knew that we were involved in radio, 
Okay. Praise the radio. Praise, praise the radio. She did. But then, but, but, <laughs> but then, but then, she attacked us for not covering, the, in any realistic way, the housing situation. Mm. Now the Clare Champion has given us an editorial. Will the politicians, starting with our own, because we're a bo- we're a bottom up uh, organisation, aren't we? Really, we are, we're absolutely. We're, yeah. Change at local level, getting sensitivities yeah, sharp. John, I, I hate to butt into you there, but, but in a way, to Luke. say, what can our own people do, our own local representatives do, because they have no power when it comes to housing? Because it has all been decentralised back up to Dublin. The co- what council in the country is building houses? Zero. They've mm-hmm. took away all the capabilities that they had to do it because it was going to be going back centralised. And then, oh sure, we don't need to build uh, council houses because uh, the private sector is building them all for us. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sorry, it doesn't start local. It sort of starts national and our politicians, well, are you, national politicians are doing SFA except yeah, talking about it. Going back now, now there's a critical question coming at me from from that uh, uh, what you've said there and that is let me see if I can if, if I can just um, draw it from again what resident intense intensification of buildings on site is one of the points which the editorial we've been praising the, the point about um, what the modular housing, but another um, improvement he uh, mentioned. You're talking about housing density, John. Yes. Right. Okay. So where would be the be- just take Clare now as a perfect example? Where would be the best places to put increased density of housing in our towns and villages? Our towns and villages, there are 52 of them in the county that don't have adequate sewage mm, facilities. Right. And mm. where is that going to be solved from? It's not going to be sorted at council level because it's an Irish water issue, which is a national thing. Yes, but but you must. And all responsibility for doing it at local level has been taken is the away day, from the Luke, council. Is the day gone when Tom, Dick, and Harry, do you know, of a citizen, is willing to go out on the street and say to anybody who wants to read my placard, "I want A, B, and C." Now that's where the I think the actual local politicians have a role to play. It's not gone in France, I'll tell you. It is no. not. Is no. it? No. When was the last public protest in this country that had any significance? I'd say the chipboard factory in Scarafins back. No, back national, in John. Uh, oh, that was a national. Yeah, no, I know it was. I know. Yeah. No, but in, in, in more recent years. Do you remember the march of the Grey Brigade? The Grey Rings Brigade. The OD, the, the senior. Yes. Yeah, the seniors. Mm. What did that do? Did it get us more money? It put the SHITS up to politicians. Yeah. And hmm. uh, you saw saw the consequences of it. Half of what they were going to do, they stopped. They stopped. Yeah, yeah, right. And yeah. that's the only way. I said we just sit back and take everything. And we're not going to do it anymore. We've been but doing it for years. I know. There has to be a start. Why not? I mean, this this building of houses, where well, it's due with with everything going to Dublin and Dublin becoming impossible to live in, impossible to buy mm. or rent or anything possible to drive around even, or very difficult to drive around. Why not uh, allow houses being built in O'Callaghan's Mills or in other places where there, there aren't currently facilities? And do what we always did, you know, septic tanks. 
Yeah. But with the proviso that when the facilities are put in place, that everybody is obliged to to tap into that. That would, That's require, good. That would require joint up thinking and forward planning. Two things which do not exist. Which won't happen. I know. I think. I, no. Uh, Jim no. Said, it, uh, it makes sense. It's uh, not going to happen. John, how long have you been talking about the need for a sewer system in Broadford? Uh, Scarlet, uh, we had yeah, to wait. Bro- yeah, no, just Broadford. Here, particular example. But he, uh, Jim is on a, a simple enough temporary. Uh, I'm, I'm not arguing that he's wrong. I, yeah. I agree with him. But, but you don't believe we have the capacity to do that. Correct. The capacity to think. Yeah. That yeah. Way. I, I, I'm far more optimistic about human behaviour than you do. <laughs> Jim, I, I support. Would you support what Jim said? I there? would. Yeah, yeah. Sure, it makes sense what yeah. he's saying. It would, makes sense. Jim, would you repeat it so that the listeners <laughs> are tuned into it? I will. Well, the idea that you can, and I just take O'Callan's mills as so, a, you yeah, could take Modike yeah. or take any. You could even put them in Scarif. Well, the, there, is, there is a scheme, you see, in Scarif. Fecal or anywhere. To take any places where there isn't a scheme. There, a scheme, is, yeah, yeah, there yeah. is a scheme in Fecal. Yeah. So why not, if somebody applies for X number of houses at O'Callan's mills, why not allow planning permission? Definitely not refuse it on the grounds that there isn't a proper wastewater treatment. Allow the householder at their own expense to build a septic tank like we all did back in the 70s and 80s. And But with the proviso that when they, whoever, the Irish Water or whoever, provide the facility in O'Callan's Mills, that they are obliged to join up, that they, they have to they'd be obliged to. <laughs> and who's going to, who's going to give Irish Water the resources to do it? Well, no one, it, because no. we're not. We don't want to pay for water. Well, no politician is going to go near yeah. charging for water for no, the next twenty just years. T- just on, on, uh, I think there's a back to huge the density factor. Now, the density of housing has an impact on the sociological well-being of the occupant. Hmm. That's for sure. We saw what density did in the Ballymont situation. Okay and other schemes of the same sort. But if you, density but is relative, and if you put density in a, in a village, and I, I'm not going to say O'Connor's yeah. village again, but someplace, you know, which isn't expanding because of the very factors we're talking about, yeah. you know, that, that's, that's called repopulation, yeah. not, not density. Yeah, it's putting people back into okay, villages. Yeah, I, I, I'll accept that. Do you know that, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you, 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 like John will say, you're going by Belly Moon and maybe... Um, Limerick will say in, in my house and the other place up what you call the, the other one up at the top uh, you've O'Malley Park so, um, yeah O'Malley yeah, Park and up around there like the, you're not talking about the country you're only talking you're talking you're not talking about a huge amount of houses in villages you know so you you, you know you can't you know it, it, won't, it, it wouldn't be as as as, as bad as you know, you I know there's 60 houses going into Kilkitchen now. Over there's a, a company applied for planning permission for 60 houses there. You have national policy wants to put everybody into big towns and, yes, right. and that's cities. the urbanization mm. thinking, yeah. you know. That. But isn't it wonderful for Kilkitchen now to have that number of houses? Is it? I mean, oh, yes, I think, well, I think so. I mean, Tulla recently has had a big influx of, of houses. houses, and they have another hundred. Uh, another hundred going up there. I mean, isn't that going to be the few, you know, but they're not how you want to say it, they're in different, yeah, they're, they're in different. Different areas. I mean, even here in Scarif, we have what is it, eighteen units being built out there. Yeah, 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 but but they're 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 social housing units. Social and, housing, and, yeah. and well and good to have social yeah. housing right. units. It's going to improve the, the yeah. town. It's yeah, going to but but, but there's no sort of private development going on. We'll say you know if if any sons or daughters of you know uh, locals living around, where are they going to 
get a house. Mm. There is no, you know, there's no private building going on. What they should be encouraging to do, the government should be encouraging to do, I would think, is that if you have a case, they start saying, Jim, right, okay, um, it may not be economically feasible to build in all the towns and cities at the minute because the prices of land acquisition and everything else like that are uh, too high. We say we start to target certain areas where it may be possible and just say maybe within 10, 15 kilometres of the motorway network, for argument's sake now, right? I'm, I'm not putting any specific location. Yeah. And then you would say that, right, there are sites there and say that the, the, gov- the government would sort of have some form of a scheme where, say, that they, they may participate or they may commit to do x y and z as part of it and that you know they could be affordable housing i think is what needs to be built in this country and if that means Mm -hmm. that a house that currently could not be built for less than three hundred thousand, that if the government will say for argument's sake uh did a deal with uh a, a contractor and said right uh and we call Pat's example of the mills uh, contractor. There's a site there. I want you to put 50 uh, houses in there and the contractor would get paid for, say, just say, if, uh, I'll pull a figure out, 300,000 to build each of those houses. Mm-hmm. And those houses would be sold for 250,000 mm-hmm. that the government would agree to pay 50,000. So the contractor has got his cut. Has got his cut. The people buying them are in a position that they can afford to buy them because they might not be able to afford 300,000, but they may be able to afford 250. Mm-hmm. And you are bringing life back to rural areas. Mm-hmm. Like, you look around, John, anyone under the age of 40 years of age, look around rural Clare. There's not a huge amount of them. The mm-hmm. amount of people between 18 and 30 that are either in Australia or Canada mm-hmm. is frightening. Mm-hmm. And there's more going the whole time. I often and wonder what the planners think about, you know, rural regeneration and what it means to them. It's a good question. And quite, quite often, I think, you know, when they're, they're I, I don't want to be, but in Tumgraney, there, there was a mm. scheme of houses which recently got planning permission. Um, to my mind, looking at it and looking at the conditions of planning that came out of that, they were absolutely punitive. Mm. Oh, financially, the, financially the yeah the cost yeah yeah it, it it certainly the the county council and the planning department of the county council they didn't seem to be enthusiastic about the idea now you know if they weren't they should have refused planning permission mm-hmm. but they gave gave planning permission with with very financially Strict. punitive mm-hmm. um, conditions mm-hmm. and to my mind. You know, at times I think they're living in a different planet. Well, I think you're raising a, a, a fiercely important question as well, there, because we have to ask, we have to ask ourselves, who is the planner? No matter where you go in Ireland, who is the planner? Where's the philosophy emanating from? The most recent book coming out of American, uh, you know, renewal or English renewal, or I mean, the planner takes a degree in planning, maybe in Queens or in down the south, all right? They're exposed to lectures. Who are the lecturers? What do they bring to the actual table? Who lays down the criteria? Exactly, the exactly. Mm. And um, mm. the public has got to become involved. Now, the, de- the, the, the downside of that 
is that when the public does become involved with objections or what have you, we jump down their throats as well, don't we? we? So we have this difficulty, first of all, in establishing how does does one sharpen one's uh, um, uh, thinking in relation to planning? What do you plan? What is one hmm. planning for? Well, at the moment, the planning is for, in in so far as it's possible, to shift everyone into big towns and cities. As, as, as Luke was saying, yeah. Mm. Sorry, Pat, you were going to. But I was, what I was going to say was, what was wrong with building uh, blocks of houses like they were, they were, they were built all over back in the sixties and seventies? Blocks of maybe six and eight and ten houses and, and terrace houses in in, in 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 the small towns. We we call that the the Soviet Union planning. Era. Do you know? You could recognise. Yeah, but there's, there's still people living in them, John. If we go in Tennis, if we drive around Tennis, you'll see all those blocks of houses, and there's people living in them, and they're in good condition, and there's people. Do you know? You, I, I can't say anything on There's them. a program there in RT called My Bungalow Bliss. Oh. There is. And and you know, Bungalow Bliss for those of us old enough to remember was a mm. book of house plans. That's right. Where you could look at the plan, you could look at the. Finish. illustration of the house and as long as it was a square room you were fine yeah <laughs> and then you could you could see the, the yeah. you could send away and get the yeah. actual full yeah. planning yeah. And, and you could get a book on it yeah, yeah. I mean, an bricks, awful yeah. lot of people around Ireland built their I've houses seen, yeah, and they're still because living of that there was and a second book Bungalow Blitz yeah and they're still living yeah, Blitz that's right you did mention earlier or Luke mentioned earlier the lack of regulation now, if you follow through on your policy on, on your policy in relation to building and so forth, it's crucial this time round that the regulation is tight as tuppence. Yes. Do you know, isn't it? Yeah, well, you can have tight regulation, John, but you, when you have quangos and different uh, organisations to do this, that, and the other, it sort of defeats the purpose. And for anybody that's been going to try build a house in recent years, you've this quango, that quango, every other quango, and all it does is add, add on cost to what you, what you're doing. There, there is a simple solution to um, the housing scenario. Uh, modular housing doesn't need to be the bad word that it's been portrayed as, but proper planning and sort of don't be building these houses on the side of a mountain. Put them near a road, put them near facilities, put them near uh, shops, mm. stuff like that. Makes sense. And then you'd be able to rebuild your communities. Mm. But that would make sense, so it's not going to happen. On, on a slightly different you note, know, page four of the Clare Echo, Carl Crow's planning conduct questioned. And um, apparently, in, in the planning, he put in his name in Irish, Cahal uh, Maconcura. Mm. And uh, he's, he came under a bit of fire for it. But, um, oh, yeah. What's wrong with that, Jim? No, and it shouldn't matter if it's Cahal Crow yeah. or if it's anybody else. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's, if the planners are doing their job properly, it's the work, it's the, the house and the design and the whole lot. Mm. Is it safe and is it in keeping with the the environment? Um, not the name of the person, but um, he's entitled to put his name in Irish like any of the rest of us are. Yeah. So do you think this inclusion in the, in the media is is really unnecessary? Is there something else behind I, it? I wouldn't go as far to say it's unnecessary. The only thing I would say is um, it is an online website, uh, theditch.com, and Cahill Crow is one of a number of politicians who have been on the receiving end of 
exposés, I suppose, would be the best word to describe it in relation to um, planning applications. And this is certainly on the lower end of what some of the other people that have been involved in. You've had a few resignations uh, that it has led to as well and yeah. a number of apologies that may or may not have been issued. But, uh, yeah, uh, an Irish solution to an Irish problem. Yes, <laughs> I'm afraid it is. How would you describe uh, it? The NCT waiting lists are criticised on page 8 yeah. of the Clare Echo as well. And that certainly is, well, is, is, a, is an yeah. issue. Yeah, what... What is the difficulty in not getting the second NCT centre? Isn't that right, Pat? Yeah, well, it, appo- it appears that um, the, the, the people running the NCT were going, uh, opened one in, in Smithstown and Shannon, and then some some legal uh, thing came up, so they had to, to pull out of it. But you'd imagine, you'd imagine that um, Shannon is full of empty units. That uh, You'd imagine they'd be able to move into someone, go down the road, to, uh, a um, an auctioneer and, and 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 if there's a unit available, uh, go down and 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 get a contract on it and, oh, and get an empty space and get That's an right. empty space and Wait. get it going and 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 and, and fish it out as a as a, a test centre. Yeah, but you, 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 you like to didn't you know didn't. Um, but it seems to be a problem all over the country. Yeah, the but NCTs and the delays. In but then, the can, can you be actually fined if you can't get an NCT test? Okay, can you be fined for driving the car? Yeah, I okay. don't know what the legal position is, but I would imagine if you can prove by saying yes, we say you can that, that you have an NCT next September. You know, I mean, you can't leave the car at home and cycle to work or walk to work or. It, it's one that comes up, and it doesn't it? Come well, it up has come up. It has, this thing has come up. Yes, yeah. I know. I can't see the other thing. Uh, I just think before we close, and it's not it's kind of associated with our music, but I was thinking of Pat O'Brien today when I was looking at the paper, particularly page three of the living section. And uh, it says, Music in Ennis will be brought to book. And I was thinking of two things really. One was that uh, Pat O'Brien, I was often in Kilkishan uh, uh, with this particular band. And the second thing is that the book that's been written is by someone that Pat knows very well, Ali Burns. Yeah, so we had Ali out with us there in, in, in Ocala okay, Hensmith last year when we done the, we done the, 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 the Chronicle from the, from the Mills Community Centre. So Ali was out here. He's in numerous books written and um, he's doing one at the present time on music. So um, there's a, a fine picture there of the of the, 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 the golden star. Breda McMahon and, and the golden star. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he alluded that he was writing that book, we'll say, when, when you spoke to him as well. So it's, it's, it great, it's great, great to see it co- co- come, to a, come to a finish. How many times did we dance to the golden star? Not together now, but... <laughs> uh, <laughs> the last time we referred to Kilkish, or heard... Kilkishan referred to as a centre for dancing. You heard Kilkishan genre. <laughs> as in, is that H-E-A-R-D or H-E-R-D? Uh, Pat, <laughs> a bit of both. Yeah. Pat O'Brien gave us a, an, a, an insight into the significance of Easter Sunday. Or was it? Yes, it was Easter Easter Sunday, Sunday. It was. What, what was it? You, 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 you did tell us about Kilkishan and Easter Sunday. Well, it was the, the, at the time you couldn't uh, go to a dance John Blint. So you had six weeks of abstinence, abstinence John. <laughs> so, really? 
So then, um, uh, on the Easter Sunday night was the the opening of the of the Marquee festivals in, in around uh, the county and all over the country, I suppose. Yeah. So um. It was like the, letting the calves out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I had to one side the door and the women were on the side. The next thing the band is set up in the dark chair. It was like, I think I referred to it as, as letting young calves out in the spring out in grass. Exactly. <laughs> and and spe- speaking about spring, Jim, before we get to half time, there's a lovely picture on the front page of uh, the Clare Champion, uh, of course, by the other John Kelly yes. uh, with the Easter yeah. Bunny and uh, the traditional... Um, uh, uh, the the mascot of the of the paper, yeah. uh, we'd say the lovely dog there, and it just sort of says uh, uh, that chocolate is extremely har- harmful harmful yeah, to dogs, dogs yeah. which yeah. is something I didn't fully realise yeah, myself. So keep so keep yeah, keep yeah. them away from Easter eggs. And I know we're going to part two, Jim, but I'll, I just want to bring people's attention to an article on page twelve and thirteen. Uh, fiery debate as councillors clash on Abbey Street plans. We've spoken about it for last week. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would say for the last number of weeks. Uh, you've spoken about it in relation to the whole plans for the car park, and it sort of comes back to housing and knocking a few houses to build car parks and various other bits and pieces. John, it's well worth to read. That's all I'll say. Park McMahon has it on page twelve and thirteen. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pat, what have you for us today at halftime? We, we have um, Una Paloma Blanca. Oh, where am I going to find that one, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, if, you, if you hear the fields of Atherine in the next 30 seconds, you'll know I didn't find it. So. Okay. If being, if I am vaguely familiar with the song. Yeah. You'll get someone singing it anyway. Jim, before you uh, continue with the show, the George Baker selection with Una Paloma Blanca, and I think once the first few beats of it came out, the song was known to us all. Yes, and we have been uh, kind of um, humming around the studio while um, while we've taken our break. And no sucky calves were involved. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's we'll go on again. Let's go back to page one of the Clare Champion. Uh, Pat, we have... The Cheltenham Gold Cup pictured, it's not on page one, sorry, page one of the Clare Echo. Yeah, My yeah. apologies. Uh, I think there is, there, it is covered in the Clare Champion as well. Yeah, I saw the, 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 the people up um, and the, the Turleys um, uh, are living up in, in Caha House and uh, they had the, the Gold Cup in, um, in Petmos and Fetal last week. And you have the Dundon family there, all, the Dundons all around the Cup with uh, their photographs taken. So there's a few more photographs actually in the day as well, which, which Gary, Gary, Gary Pepper is in the inside with the, uh, with the, the So the, we've, the this, this, in the last few months, we've had a gold cup in Fecal and a gold cup in Tungrainy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, and, and the Hoffs, and, and the Hoffsy section, the, the, the winner of the, of uh, the Grand no. National last year was, was, was Braden Quinn. Brennan Quinn, is yeah. he uh, jumping this? I don't know if there's any early turnout. Not, not, not a bad year for the county, yeah, uh, these year. parts of the county. Fair. Lots of nice pictures by Ruth Griffin in the Echo as well, yeah. uh, in mm. relation to the event open uh, yeah. fecal. So. so we've had the manager, uh, the, the chef de creep of the Irish show jumping, yes. Aggie Khan winning. Trophy. So we had the Gold yeah. Cup last with September, come visit Tom Graney. Indeed, the, the Aggie Khan, yeah. and the radio was in there. Yes. Yes, and and now we have the 
Gold Cup from Cahar. Get them Gold Cup from the Cahar house, yeah. That's, that's something. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Okay, I'm looking at um, the page uh, 11. I was sitting down today doing my usual study for this um, programme, uh, John, and... Uh, you are? Studying hard for this for local media this week. Yeah. Looking at page 11 and... Uh, on, on the... Um, of the Echo. Of the Echo. Of the Echo. There was a story there by Porrick, and he was quoting a councillor, Pat McMahon, who was asking Eamon Ryan to, uh, I suppose, investigate how fares out of Shannon Airport are a thousand euro more expensive, or up to a thousand euro more expensive, than uh, fares out of Dublin. You're not exaggerating, though. No, I'm looking at the headline. Yeah, I'm uh, reading the headline on page 11. It says, US fares at Shannon Airport, €1,000 more expensive, claims councillor. Is he right? Well, I said I do, uh, I suppose, not a survey, but a snap check. Yeah. So I, I took out my laptop and I checked on the cost of a flight from Shannon to JFK on the 1st of June next, coming back on the 8th of June. So I'm going to okay. go for a week. You're going to New York for a week? Uh Anyway, what 698. 698.33 from, from Shannon to New York uh, return. And if you go to from Dublin? So I came out of that then, I went into Dublin, and I did exactly the same thing for exactly the same dates, for times as near as I could get. Yeah. Uh, and Dublin was 987.02. Mm-hmm. So 300 euros. Almost 300 euros mm-hmm. of a difference. Mm-hmm. 290 euro of a difference mm. uh, and Shannon was cheaper now I'm I, not contradicting Councillor I, I wouldn't think head. that's the norm Jim but uh, n- n- nice for anyone that's travelling the, ju- the June week yeah, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's extraordinary this week those were the prices on the Aer Lingus um, how about website. Milwaukee did you, did you I didn't go any further oh, no. than that. he's been adv- advertising flights to Dublin airport at special rates but wait for it but failed to mention Shannon in their advertisements. Yeah. No. That has been going on. Oh, for a yes, long time. Like a long, hasn't it, really? It has been going yeah. on for a long, is, long time. Is there time. anything at all we can do to... Co- Councillor John Crow challenged them. What? Councillor John Crow, Fine Gael, he, he outlined, I went over and I challenged him. They weren't able to answer me, but within 15 minutes of the advertising, they had, they had for Dublin was taken down. They let... Later on, they didn't know, but they knew well what, what they are doing. We, we have to, to fight to get our fair share. So um, they took down the, the special rate for Dublin, then, and he challenged them over. He challenged them over on the box. But that's uh, no good. What we want is um, G- uh, Shannon to be mentioned by tour operators yeah, well, in I, America. Yeah, and, it's, it's, and, and Erlingus and all those have to, have to be blamed for that, John, because they, 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 don't, uh, no, they, don't, they don't advertise it. They, there they push er, everything on for There's government. an Erlingus bias, uh, a, a Dublin bias in Erlingus, and there has been for a long, long time. Do you think so? Yes, well, absolutely. Anyway, <laughs> getting from the uh, airways... No. To, to the roadways. To the roadways. And the roads in the Killaloo electoral area... Um, they need some attention, according... There, there's, there's two different articles, Jim. One, one on page two, Fiona has the article of the champion, and uh, I think, yeah, she has it also on the East Clare section, we'll say, on page 13. But uh, yeah. there, there's lots of figures in the article that she has on page two. And um, 
Uh, government funding for minor and local roads in the east of the county must keep pace with inflation, according to a Fine Gael member of the authority. So yeah. Councillor Joe Cooney uh, was critical of the provision. Now, I think this might sort of go back to, there was a debate, Pat, last week when they were talking about West Clare getting West Clare, a lot of yeah, money. So. Well, West Clare were looking for extra money last week, so I suppose the, the East Clare decided we, we'd have to have a go as well. Yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that the norm, lads, uh, that uh, there's a revisit of the the cake when there's a, a complaint or oh I don't know whether we'd be we'd put ourselves up that high that <laughs> that they would well, suddenly well, have well, a new well, meeting. See, uh, there was but a bit of diplomacy from uh, Councillor Joe. I would say the the Budike man. Realise, but Joe's from he Budike. He, he, Budike. He's from Budike this week. Uh, accepted that the level of funding is approximately the same as last year, but said that inflation is eroding the ability to keep roads up to scratch. And oh, I think we could all agree. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah, and the weather has been eroding the roads themselves. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. During yeah. the course of the winter, exactly. So it's a little bit like you'll be getting less bang for your buck, John. Exactly. Mm. You know? Exactly. Yeah. But there's there's significant well there's significant figures there. Uh, they look significant, but as a man says, you sort of wonder what 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 are they going to do? There's um, just for argument's sake, surface dressing of one hundred and twelve thousand for a five point nine kilometre stretch of road from Bridgetown to Clunfada. So that's basically That's uh, coming into uh, Killaloo. That's yeah. That yeah. Be the road from road. Bridge. Yeah, I presume it's the main road. Yeah, yeah. you know. So yeah. um, then there's. Uh, Two hundred and four thousand being spent on drainage works, and uh, that that's we say on the R four six six from Bridgetown to O'Brien's Bridge. You know, there's um. Are they sub the council subcontracts, of course? Um, this work. I a lot of it, I would presume, would, yeah. would, would be would, more specialized work. Certainly, yeah. they do. Yeah. yeah, like there, there's a. Uh, there's also allocations we say for greenways there's an allocation of seven hundred and eighty thousand has been made for the O'Brien's Bridge to Scarif section of the greenway. You know, now there were there was a row last week about the section from uh, from UL out to the ESB were <laughs> digging in their heels exactly out to O'Brien's Bridge, but at least there's mm. some there's some amount of money being granted. Uh, but again, yeah. I said you're, that's not going to put uh, uh, shovels in the ground. I think. No, so. I was driving in there during the week and I used the O'Brien's Bridge crossing, but it would be that that uh, the canal there and the the. We'll say the the wall that keeps in the canal, the the like that ramp or that would would provide a lovely walk for people are doing that or cycle mm. where you could cycle along the top of that. Do do, do many people use the East Clare Way? Is that a uh, the East Clare Way? I, 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 I'm not so sure how many people from outside come in to use no. it. I, That's think. Not no. I wouldn't no. think so. No. Again, again you, you know, you have this whole thing, John, and you've alluded to it in the past in relation to, you know, could you set up the Pilgrim Way? Yeah. A little bit like, you know, the, the walks, the Camino walk in Spain. And yes. you, it's something I think that they should be considering because you consider you have Budike, you have Tungreni, you have Holy Island they're within 15 miles of each other so man says, yeah. that's even something like I wouldn't mind walking that in a day mm, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. but it's a, as a monastic yeah one there is a pilgrim way down in, in Tipperary down to Waterford down to, down to, down to, down to, down to the, the Dungarvan uh, no the one up there's one from Tipperary uh, is it from Kettle as it goes down to to that, you know, that, yeah. that, that famous yeah. um, um, college down in, in Waterford uh, Mount Mallory Mount Mallory oh, Mount Mallory yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll stay with the whole roads in East Clare and 
a nice picture of uh, Joe Cooney surveying uh, the scene outside, uh, well, close to the GA pitch in Tulla. It's on page 13. It's not as nice as last week's picture of um, uh, Pat, wa- Pat Hayes walking down the railway track. No, <laughs> you know, th- 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 there was a bit more um, vigour to this one. But in fairness, yeah. Joe, Joe's looking quite concerned there. Yes, no, I met Pat Hayes actually about that and we discussed with him the other day the, uh, at, the, at, the, at the thing in Tumgraney at yes. the commemoration. Yeah. But no, Joe, Joe's, there was a picture of Joe last week and he looked very cross as if he was given out. But he's looked much more serene. He looks more pensive, I think, in, he in, does, in this yeah. one. Yeah, and he, He's talking about that Tulla Junction there, which is close to... Tulla GA pitch. That's the story down, from yes. from Tulla Junction, anyway, that Joe wants improvements yeah. made there. 78. Okay, we're coming up to Easter, of course, Easter Sunday. There will have been the commemoration in at the Memorial Park in Tungraney and at the churchyard in Scarf uh, earlier on today. But uh, I see there the O'Brien family, Pat, are commemorated or are being honoured. In the commemorations, today. yeah, the O'Brien family in Ogunlo, Jim O'Brien, and and it's on the. Uh, I yeah, they were involved in the in the yeah. in, in the War of Independence and and that and uh, it's on a, page five of the Clare Champion. There's a there's a um, um, an ice bit there on it. I think the the the, 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 the full page actually. There's a, there's a full page of of, of commemorations around around the county as well. I suppose you have the you have the one in Ogunla or in the one in in Tungreni, and then you have the the Scarif Martyrs are being honoured uh, 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 normally as well on yeah. on Easter Sunday up at the. Uh, Do you have anything over in the middle? We don't. We don't usually the, the in January the the Glenwood ambushes. Yeah. Usually um, January. Yeah. Mm. This treaty of January was was. Uh, and will will you will you ever get together or is that kind of. And you just put up the flag and they'll light, light a candle and a few things yeah. like that. And, yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's the uh, the 1916 or the the commemoration. There is another, but it's 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 be over at this stage. But it's no harm to mention it, uh, especially tractor run today for uh, Owen O'Grady. Owen O'Grady. No, that's very sad. Well, it's sad, and the other side of the coin is that he's making valiant efforts to overcome the worst aspects of the yeah. trauma. Yeah. Now, he's making a good recovery, is, and yeah. uh, but uh, the reason I mention it, even though it's over, uh, the tractor run took place today in uh, Flagmount, Flagmount or in yeah. Kilinina, yeah. but the, you can still... Um, yeah. There's yeah. a... There's a, I, I don't go, know, go, I, a GoFundMe page. A GoFundMe page, yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you still wish to contribute, you can do that, even though uh, the run is over. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's 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 you know brilliantly organised those tractor runs in Kilnina. They usually go around the lake. The, what's the origin of it? I mean, it's a it's a lovely. I'd, I'd say it's a modern. It's a modern, fairly yeah. modern thing. But yeah. you have tractor enthusiasts from all over the place. You know, and they have they have done it for a number of different causes. Mm. And will and it be will they be vintage tractors? Oh yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah but vintage I think cars and, and motorbikes and anything. Motorbikes, anything, anything, I think anything with an engine you can yeah. bring it. Yeah. We had we had one that in the military last year. It was charity as well. It was organised by the Maroney family. Declan Maroney went over and he he ran and and, and uh, he died. His father died of throat mm. cancer, and they had it as well. I think he had a wonderful navy tractor. Hundred and eighty. Hundred and eighty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat, we're yeah. dying to ask you. 
because we haven't seen you since. You were at the big do last week. Um, Pat being a, a, a reporter from O'Callaghan's Mills, uh, he was at the Care Champion, the grand dinner I was expecting to see your picture on page 20 of the champion pack. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, 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 my picture was taken, Luke, but they didn't put it. Obviously, it didn't come out. Yeah, 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 you're, you're obviously not on the full time staff. Uh, there, there's a, it's great to see. There's great photographs there, all, and it's, it's nice to see pictures of uh, Fiona and Dan there as well, our, our local correspondents. Uh, uh, for and, and of course, it, it, it's a, a picture of John Kelly. Uh, not me. Obviously, not taken by himself. Yeah, <laughs> John, John has taken all the photographs that he and all. Was it a good he, night? It was uh, a lovely night. Yeah, a lovely evening. Uh, there was a, there was a few drinks before we went to ending the dinner over here. The the, the, the the meal was fabulous. No, it was beautiful. Food. Where was it, Pat? In the Bunratty Manor Hotel. In the Bunratty Manor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the food was fabulous. No. Lovely, you'd, you'd go again, Pat. Is that what you're saying? Well, I would, yeah. I, I would, yeah. I'd recommend it to anyone. It's, it's very good now. Yeah. Good so John, John Galvin um, uh, gave a speech, and you know he yeah. outlined, outlined the, the history of the champion and all that, yeah. and um, the meal, and everyone was chatting around, sitting around, chatting, didn't have any food. John Galvin, does John do magic? His brother. His brother, is His it? brother, yeah, oh, yeah. I see. Mm. He was there as well, actually. He was, he was did, he do, did he do something? Well, he didn't know, but he was explaining all about, uh, all about what he does and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. They're not supposed to explain how he does it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he said that, he thought it was there. That's because it's magic, John. Yes. <laughs> anyway, we're um, back to the page 13 in the Clare Champion. We've been to Kiru already, but we'll go back again because they're, the sailing club there are a very, very progressive group and... Um, they, I know we have, we have tracked their, their progress over recent years in terms of getting more organised and getting better facilities. Luke, you're, having, you're looking there at the Care Champion on the East Care page. Yeah, and I think we've alluded to it in the past. Uh, I think we said once their facilities were finished, we'd go down and pay a visit. Well, we're actually mm. going to have to go down and pay a visit because uh, they have, uh, they're going to be unveiling, Dan Danner has the article, they're going to be unveiling their new state-of-the-art €700,000 clubhouse. Is you that know, on the shores of Loch Derg, so uh, we, it's just up from Two Mile Gate. Up from Two Mile Gate. Our yeah. our, our side of Two Mile yeah. Gate. Yeah. 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 How, 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 how I would describe yes. it. Yes. Mm. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, in fairness, that you sort of travel down the road any time during the, you know the summer. If you're on the road, I'd say between six and eight o'clock in the evening, now you'll see your little sailboats out out, out and about. You know, yeah. it, uh, fabulous okay. pastime. It's a great facility to have, and we wish them the very very best. I luck remember being down doing a Saturday Chronicle from a boat in Killaloo on the river mm-hmm. and talking to, I can't remember his name now, but one of the, the guys from that, and they were talking about their plans for this. And it's only about four years ago, years maybe ago, five yeah. years ago yeah. maximum. Yeah. Um, but it's brilliant to see that it's come to fruition and that they're really making progress there. Mm. Yeah, the, the John Kellen is the club commodore there, I suppose. He'd be the, he'd be the chairman or the head, the head of it, probably. Yes. Yeah. Some members are delighted with their uh, new clubhouse and facilities and can't wait to welcome everybody and the opening on the April 22nd gym is going to be opened. Lovely. Great mm. stuff. The other, uh, Inish Caltra is mentioned there, going back to the Clare Echo oh. on page 7. Yeah, there's a an, an unexpected, or maybe it's an expected um, you know, problem. It's not up to, to time, you know. Mm. It's, it's behind. It's, uh, 
it was, and as is, it was behind time before this job. So <laughs> you're saying it's more behind time. More behind, yeah. And but it's, it's no surprise whatsoever. Really? No, no, I can't let you off of that, Luke. You must tell us how. Because you had a representative from the council stated uh, less than two years ago that they anticipated the building would be open by early 2022. I rest my case. Ah, well, would you not allow some comfort to them on, on that regard? It's now 2023, John. Only in fourth month. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It's yeah. still 12 months on. But, but, go, but you, do, do talk. Go has on. a spade been dug, put into the ground yet? I in the rectory? So. I don't think no. so. No, I wouldn't. I, the they last got, time I passed it, there was no sign of activity there. Yeah. I think uh, the article refers to Councillor Killian Murphy, and we must actually get the councillor on the phone because uh, he, he'd he be a good man, John, to talk to you about wind energy off uh, Money Point as well. Mm. We might get him on someday. But, uh, yeah, he was on Pat Kenny radio during the week. Yeah, and um, he is sort of writing in relation to the Maritime Training College in yes, Kilrush, which are the two plans that were announced at the one time. And... Uh, uh, Seven million. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, he, he, he exactly. And he he's a quote at the end of the article there that uh, says, uh, "quote To be straight, I'm fairly disappointed with the progress of the maritime training college. Actions speak louder than words. I couldn't agree with him more." And then he clarified that he did not begrudge the progress of Inish Caltra because, however bad the Holy Island project is, the, the one Kilroshi is, is uh, for, further behind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's this whole thing about, you know, the word, I think the words here are, quote, approval in principle status with key project milestones to follow. Mm. Mm. It, it reminds me of the politicians announcing like something a, and then like announcing it the third like, time. It's like getting the water in Bradford and Coraclea or the, the sewage. It's like kind of pulling hen's teeth. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's that's, that's, that's imminent. We're at a crunch point. Yeah, but I, we're I, in the I, final stages of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's imminent. Yeah, but I said yeah, the, the, the councillor's words actions speak louder than words. I would have to agree agree to him yeah. to totally. I see in the paper as well, in some uh, somehow today as well. One of the, the one, I, don't, I don't know which paper said that uh, the the transfer of Bonrachi and uh, the rest of the. Uh, is going to come up next week. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 next Thursday night, David will be able to talk all about it. So. Uh, ju just, John, before we finish, Jim, just we said the, ar the article that, that uh, is on page seven of the Echo. Uh, Tourism officer with council, Joan Tarmy, told the meeting of the Killaloo Municipal District last January it was intended, this is last January, it was intended to have the visitor centre operational by the second or third quarter of 2023. Okay, so that was basically... Uh, between April and September of 2023. But the chief executive has in recent weeks said the project is 12 to 18 months off completion. So that's going to put it out to 2025. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Listen, we'd better okay. finish up. Jim, before we go, uh, we, there's two weeks clear men playing today in, in an Ireland handball final. They're going for their third final in a row. Dear Midnight and Colin Crehan. So we wish it won't probably won't be over before we we go out. So no. we wish them the best of luck and Indeed. and, and hope Indeed. to be home the the the, the double bacon. To, we wish them to both East well. again. Okay, we ask you to support our local uh, media, print media, the Clare Champion, the Clare Echo, uh, Clare Echo Premium Edition, which is <coughs> online, and also the Clare Herald, um, because we need our local media here, and we're fully in support of them here in Scarif Bay Community Radio. 
My thanks uh, to the only non-cynic among us, and that's John S. Uh-huh. Uh, to Pat O'Brien. Thanks, Jim. To David Fleming, who looked after the sound as well. And uh, Pat, we'll go back and have a look at uh, who, who are we going to play out well, with, if we have any time left. As, as, as we have the, the Marquis and Kikishan on, 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 on Easter Sunday night, we'll have George Olin. And I suppose maybe, Jim, you might have told uh, a lady over in Kikishan uh, at the Marquis, you're such a good looking woman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what else would you tell them? Enjoy, enjoy your chocolate Easter eggs. Yeah. Oh, Thank no, you very no, much. No. Uh, that's all from this week. We'll talk to you next Sunday. Goodbye and God bless. Could be when he created a woman.